Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to Franchising in You, a production of Franchise Foundry. My name is Paul Segreto. I'm your host Saturday mornings as we share information and perspective on all aspects of exploring, selecting, and starting a franchise business or any business for that matter. Franchising in You is brought to you in part by FranFund, named one of the top franchise funding part providers by Entrepreneur Magazine. FranFund crafts insightful funding strategies that help solidify the dreams of franchise ownership while positioning franchisees for long-term success. Learn more at FranFund.com. Savings, security, convenience, in the end, it all adds up to peace of mind. We can guarantee that you'll sleep sounder with a certified professional on your side. So put away the shoebox of receipts, take a couple of aspirin, and call a CPA. You'll thank us in the morning. There was a quote on the site, theselfemployed.com, about hiring a CPA for your small business. This morning, to help provide us with additional perspective on the topic, is Sandy Shoemaker, partner and CPA at Plant Moran. Sandy, welcome to Franchising and You. Thanks, Paul. Happy to be here. And we're happy you're here, and, and I know you're, you're calling from the Mountain Time Zone, so um, uh, I appreciate the, uh, the effort for being here so early on a Saturday morning. We know there are a lot of business owners out there uh, that take their business finances lightly, um, putting it in the hands of someone with little no, or no knowledge or skill beyond sorting invoices and, and inputting information into QuickBooks or some other bookkeeping system. I know there's also some actually using ledger books or another form of rudimentary record keeping. What's your general opinion on that? You know, um, what I really tend to see is a lot of small business owners running their business out of their checkbook. And as long as there's money in the check in the checkbook, um, they feel like they're doing okay. But I really believe that there's a better way and better information for even our small business owners to make um, good business decisions by having a little bit more financial information. Um, it's not difficult. I don't think it's, it's very time-consuming, um, and it's well worth the investment. So let's say a business owner is using their brother's classmate or somebody to do their books, and, and really all seems fine. What signs should yep. the owner be looking for that might not be in the company's best interest? You know, one thing I think they should be looking at is um, their bills. How timely are their bills getting paid? Um, as, as many businesses are set up with a, a spouse taking care of the books or a friend or something along those lines, um, things can really fall through the cracks. So if you're, if you're hearing from your uh, vendor that, that things aren't uh, being taken care of appropriately, or, um, or if you're just not seeing as much cash come to, into your bank account as you expect. You feel like you're very busy, the volume of your clients are up, um, or customers. Um, it usually means that, that it's, it's a secondary uh, motivation for, for your friend doing your books. Um, and, and you really need to keep up timely information. It's so easy to get behind, um, especially when it's a, somebody doing it out of their basement. Um, mm-hmm. You think it's it's fine. Again, I can see the checkbook. I've got a little bit of cash, but it just, something just—I just don't feel like I'm getting ahead. Um, I think that means that you need more timely information so you can make um, better decisions about 
purchasing, about expanding. I mean, there's so many decisions a business owner makes every day that they need that financial information for. Yeah, and, and I've seen some business owners get caught between a rock and a hard place because, as we know, cash is king. And um, mm-hmm. and it's nice to uh, make sure that the bills are paid on time. And sometimes the bookkeeper, who's, like you said, in the basement might be, uh, might not really know what's going on operationally and uh, jumps ahead and pays some bills. And uh, and all of a sudden the owner is, is cash-strapped. So definitely needs to be some communication. Hey, Sandy, we have a question from Charles in Providence, Rhode Island. Charles asked, I'm starting a new business that should be open by early summer. What steps can I take now and up to the first day that will help me get off on the right foot? (coughs) Excuse me. I think the first thing is understanding your business economics. Um, what is your break-even point is a great place to start. What do I have to get? How many customers do I need to get in the door on a daily basis or whatever your metric is? Um, but what's my break-even so that I know if I've got that cu- those customers coming in the door, I can cover my expenses? And that's, a, that's really from a budgeting perspective. You're, it, you're never going to know if you're exactly right um, until, the, until the flow starts happening. But I think you need to have a plan. Um, and then I would also say is, is just getting a basic set of books set up. And, and QuickBooks is 80% of small business owners, I think, use QuickBooks for their um, accounting system. And, and that's fine. Uh, but getting, getting that set up and, and figuring out what pieces of information you need to know so that if it's not going as expected, you can make adjustments to your plan. That's good advice. We appreciate the question, Charles. Uh, send questions or comments to me at paul at franchisefoundry.com. Of course, anytime during the week leading up to showtime and, and, of course, even while we're on the air. We'll do what we can to respond on the show, and especially if the question is relevant to that week's topic, but all questions are important to us. So you'll always receive a response to your question. In fact, I encourage your questions because we look at them as being very important because it really helps us to plan future shows. So please share with us what's on your mind. You know, Sandy, it's good to hear when someone's planning well in advance of opening their business. Really, how important can doing so, you know, even help beyond the initial stage? I mean, through the first year, the third year, and um, and, and, and even looking forward to, you know, years four and five. You know, I think budgeting is something that gets put to the wayside. Um uh, entrepreneurs are, are you know, on a risk scale are willing to take risks, so they, uh, I think they're more likely to fly by the seat of their pants. Um, but if you can sit down and, and work through a, a financial plan of what you expect to happen, um, and whether that's initially or as, as, as your business grows, it really helps you get out ahead of the decision making. Uh, you know, maybe it's a Maybe it's a bakery and it's when do I buy the next oven or when do I um, hire the next uh, person, you know, either behind the counter or another baker. When when do I make those business decisions? And by budgeting, I think you can really see if you're exceeding your expectations, maybe you can can do that quicker than you expected. And so many small business owners are in the business themselves and they're – in it, you know, morning, noon, and night, 24-7, 365. And by, by laying out when you think certain things will happen, you'll 
be more able to step out of the doing of the business and work on the business. Um, so I think that's what the planning provides. And I see many business owners, they're worried about where I'm at today, and they need to spend a little time looking forward about where they're going to be tomorrow. Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, as you said, you know, many of them fly by the seat of their pants, and some of them too, you know, actually go down that that Egyptian river uh, in the Sea of Denial and put their head in the sand. And of course, as I always say, when you put your head in the sand, your most vulnerable asset is up in the air for all the world to see. And obviously, it's important to track along because, as you said earlier. Uh, things can easily get out of hand very, very quickly if you don't keep your your, your pulse of the business. So we hear many business owners, Sandy, say they'd like to have the best person they can afford handle the books, but of course, feel a CPA is too expensive. And of course, we know that not having the most qualified person is actually more expensive than you might think. So what are your thoughts on that? You know, I have seen so many situations where we've had to go in and clean up the mess, and it's so much more expensive for clients. They are stressed. Um, they they know they've got this mess on their hands, um, and, and I always feel like I don't Sandy, know if they told Sandy, you so. We're having a, we're having a little bit. If, if Sandy, we're having a little bit of feedback. Time we're getting a little end, bit of feedback. So just um, move your microphone a little bit, or. Yeah, I'm having some trouble with this call as well. Modern technology, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, okay. Is that a little better? So, so what I'm saying is that uh, really I've, I've seen the messes and the cost to clean up the mess. And the cost to clean up the mess far exceeds getting a part-time bookkeeper in there maybe just once a month or twice a month. That, that can really set you ahead and save you money in the long run. And I, I know it's it's hard when you start out, you're bootstrapped, and and um, but this, this it's as it's as vital as I would say having a good presence with your customer, because ultimately having that mess is going to impact how your business operates and how um, effective you can be with your customer. How much more can a CPA, you know, help a, a new business owner, whether it be a franchisee? whether it be an independent business owner, how much more can a CPA, you know, help towards, you know, long-range planning, things that maybe the entrepreneur, the business owner, hasn't even thought about? What other value does that CPA and CPA firm bring to, the, to that person? You know, a CPA is much more than just a bookkeeper. Um, when we're talking about a, a certified professional, um, they really can be a, a partner with you. Um, they, they, they're, they're, a, they're a business advisor. They're somebody that you can use as a sounding board. One of the benefits of, of using a, a CPA is you know they have the credentials, you know they have the background, um, and we see so many different businesses. So we bring all of that experience to the table with us. Um, and I think every business owner really wants to ultimately um, get a return on that investment. And using a CPA to help you plan, strategize, understand your finances will ultimately enhance your investment return. Franchising News also brought to you by the National Boutique Law Firm, Spadia Liana. 
learn more about Tom Spady and his great legal team at www.spadialaw.com. Let's shift a little bit towards individuals exploring franchise opportunities, Sandy. How might a CPA, you know, help in this regard? And I'm talking about when an individual is starting to focus in on an opportunity or a couple of brands that uh, might be to their liking. I think a CPA is somebody that they can sit down with, um, can help them understand what's in the FDD when they're going through that document, the FDD being the Franchise Disclosure Document, which is the agreement that's used to, uh, to sell a franchise. So as a, as a buyer, you've got a number of these books, these documents in front of you, um, as well as the financial statements of the franchisor. And going through that and understanding the, the investment that needs to be made, um, how to finance that investment, um, things along the lines of is the franchise or solvent? Is, are, they, are they, maybe solvent's a bad word, but uh, are well capitalized so you know they're going to be around for you? Um, I think many people that, that are looking into buying a franchise or, or purchasing a franchise may not, it, it, it may be the first time they're looking to do that, especially as an individual. So having somebody that understands how the franchise industry works can bring that expertise to them. And a CPA that, that is involved in that just brings many facets, brings many um, perspectives to that individual. So you can sit down and do some better planning and, and ultimately hopefully make a better investment. What are some of the things that might be red flags uh, from um, from the financial standpoint in the franchise disclosure document, what might be some of the red flags that a franchisor is not quite on the steady ground it should be? Oh, from a franchisor perspective, um, I think it's definitely looking at those financial statements, understanding how many uh, units that they've sold and are not opened yet. Um, the, the pattern of opening the, the, the franchises, I think, is, is very important to understand how long a franchisee is going to be in the pipeline to get their store, their clinic, their, their, their business open and running. Um, and then to look at it, it, whether it's cash, as you said, cash is king, cash or the capital in the franchisor, um, if, if there's a lot of unopened stores and there's not a lot of, of cash flow coming through the company, um, it probably means your franchisor doesn't have all the resources that they need to, to really professionally support you as a franchisee. Um, and, and I'm making some pretty broad generalizations, but, but I think sure. those are some things to look at. Is can, can they, are they going to be there for you with the right experts, the right people, um, and the right uh, financial structure to support you to get your business open. And once your business is open, are they going to be there to support you to help grow your business? Mary from Hartford, Connecticut asks, what's the difference between an accountant and a CPA? Great question, Mary. Um, the difference is, is uh, the, the background and the training that we have. Anyone in the world can call themselves an accountant. Um, that's probably equivalent to a bookkeeper, to a, you could call yourself a controller. When it comes to a CPA, a CPA has had to go through 
um, and get 150, hour, 150 credit hours of college education, and they've had to go through a two-day, well, it's not a two-day test anymore, a, an extensive testing um, and pass that test, as well as then have experience um, working under another CPA. So when you're talking about a CPA, they have a much broader and deeper uh, background and experience than, a, than an accountant. So they cover many things more like finance and strategy and business law, um, taxation, as well as, a, as accounting. Um, so it's a much broader spectrum of services and expertise they bring to the table. Certainly bringing uh, a lot more to the table, and, and obviously as your business continues to grow, uh, obviously a CPA can, can help you in many different ways, as Sandy has been saying. Mary, of course, thank you for your question. Uh, I know you all are in the process of getting ready for a big snowstorm, so I appreciate you listening to Franchising in You today. Franchising in You is also sponsored by the professionals at Retail Solutions. The um, the team at Retail Solutions, you know, helps franchisees locate, negotiate for, and lease or purchase the retail space, buildings, sites, or build to suits best suitable for their new business ventures. You can find them on the web at RetailSolutionsRE.com. Sandy, to that point um, about Retail Solutions and what they do, how instrumental can a CPA, uh, a financial advisor, you know, help a business owner understand the the short and the long-term ramifications of the lease and triple net and all of that and how it works into their business model? Uh, great question, Paul. I, I, when we think about real estate and having to um, build a brick and mortar, um, Again, I, I maybe sound like a little bit like a broken record, but going through a plan, understanding the costs that are in that lease contract, definitely a CPA can, can sit down, go through that lease contract with you, um, understand what cost the, the leaseor, your landlord, is going to pay for you and which cost you need to absorb and plan for in that budget that we talked about. Um, I think it's also a matter of looking at your business cycle and understanding the, how long, the term of that lease, meaning are you entering into a five-year lease or is the landlord pushing you towards a 15-year lease? Um, and the guarantees that are in that lease. I know I've definitely talked to some small business owners that, that got personally guaranteed um, on the lease, or they gave a personal guarantee. Business didn't go very well, and pretty soon they had to close the doors, but they were still on the hook for that lease. And so understanding the risks that come along with that um, a CPA should be able to sit down and, and talk to, talk to a, a business owner about. So you mentioned there some type of, of exit, um, you know, if they had to close their doors, uh, God forbid. But how does a CPA, you know, play into the picture and, and bring the utmost of value when a business owner is facing some challenges? Um, what I, would, what I would say there, Paul, is that when a business owner starts to get into trouble, if they, I think a lot of times it's because they're just, they're running, they're running on the, uh, the proverbial gerbil wheel, right? They're, they're in the business every day, they're up, they're, they're, they're up at dawn, they're trying to keep employees happy, and, and I mean, it's the whole gamut of, of business topics that they have to deal with every day. And so when they, 
if, if they can identify, which I think is a really hard thing to do, unless you have good information um, and have been working with somebody, but if you, once you realize you're, you're in some trouble, you're probably a lot farther in trouble than you think. Um, and so the CPA, I think, can sit down and use all those different disciplines to step back and look at the business, see if there are tweaks or changes that can be made um, and adjustments that can be made, and they're, and they're independent. That is, that's one word that hasn't come up in my talk so far, is a, a CPA, by definition, is independent of the business. Um, and so we, we may not have some of the emotional attachment that, uh, that the business owner has and can see things through a different lens. So it may be easier for us to recommend certain um, actions to take to save the business, um, uh, you know, uh, or if, if it is in such a dire straits, um, sometimes, sometimes we have to deliver that hard message and just and, and tell clients things they don't want to hear. But I think that's really important in our, our integrity that we bring to the table is we're going to tell you like it is. We're going to tell you what, what you need to hear about your business. And then we can, you know, be, be beside you as you go through that decision-making process to you. Is there a path through or has it gone too far and there really is no, no way to bring it back? And then let's try to mitigate the, the downside. Sure. And what about when it's, you know, you have a successful business and, the owner's looking mm -hmm. to uh, to sell it. What key points can the CPA bring to the table? What benefits bring to the table for that owner to get maximum value for their business? That is a fantastic question because we are seeing so many transactions in the marketplace today. Uh, the, the CPA really has the ability to know your business. Um, we do a lot of what's called sell-side advising, meaning let's get inside the business and prepare the due diligence that a company would be asked to provide if, um, if they were having a, a potential buyer come in and look at them. The more prepared, the more organized, the more um, laid out everything is, uh, number one, that brings value to the business because if you present well, they, the, the buyer sees that you've got a, a good, um, strong business acumen. Um, and number two, if there are if there are any skeletons in the closet, <laughs> um, then <laughs> let's find out ahead of time before the, before the uh, buyer finds them and see what we can do to mitigate those. And so many times we have seen those. We've been able to do something about it, and ultimately then the buyer um, uh, pays a higher price because, because those issues don't exist um, by the time they come in to buy the business. Right. As, ma as many of our uh, listening audience are also on the franchisor side. Um, we know mm -hmm. there's uh, ongoing changes in the uh, in in franchising regarding reporting, regarding their accounting, GOP, the whole nine yards. What advice would you give them? I mean, because there's some there that don't even have a CPA working with them. <laughs> oh, you're absolutely right. And um, you know, as a franchisor, you are. You're the role model for your franchisees. And so um, and I was taught very early on, I've been in franchising for quite a while, and um, you know, the franchisor is in business to help their franchisees be profitable. Um, and I say it that way because if your franchisees are profitable and successful as the franchisor, you will be profitable and successful. Um, and without them, 
you, 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 don't, you don't have a system, you don't have a brand. And so from a franchise or perspective, really um, having the best resources available to you so you can help your franchisees be successful. And I think a CPA is critical in that, in understanding the unit economics of the franchisee um, and finding ways to be able to counsel your franchisees um, and train them through that process. Every time I, I look at a, a, a training, um, uh, training uh, agenda, for the franchisee when they're starting the business, the, you know, the finance side is such a small piece of what they have in there. And, um, and I understand there's so much you're trying to train your franchisees on at that time, but, but spending a little more time on the finance, there's so many business owners that, that they are, they are, they're not financial people. They've got a great idea, they want to serve, they want to be out there in the community. Um, but when it comes to finances, I think there's a fear of what you don't know. So helping your franchisees understand their own finances and using your CPA to help with that process um, can really enhance your brand. Yeah, and certainly uh, taking the time to understand, you know, what, you know, finances or financials are, are important. I know in franchise agreements, um, there's many that require, you know, P&Ls at the end of the year. Some are a little bit more um, steadfast and wanting that information sooner and requiring it quarterly. But if you don't do anything with the, uh, with the financials that, that come in, uh, what's the point? But the bottom line is uh, spending the time and understanding and evaluating uh, not only the individual's, you know, P&Ls, but maybe, you know, the five locations in the market and comparing those P&Ls and P&L, you know, comparisons to a region. And, of course, as a – as an entire chain, uh, obviously is, is absolutely priceless, I think, towards the success uh, of a franchise organization. And yet, uh, we know there are many that, that don't take the time to do that, uh, only scramble at the last minute to get it into uh, uh, an Item 19 financial performance representation. Uh, but it seems to be necessary well in advance, and so why don't you? Why do you think some just don't do that? I mean, it's a very integral, essential part of their business. Absolutely, Paul. I couldn't. Um, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, I, I've been studying this concept because it's probably one of the number one thing I hear when I'm out in the franchise community, and people hear I'm a CPA. Um, they say, "Why can't my franchisees provide better financial information?" And um, it's because we don't train them. And, and, and the franchisor, it really kind of, it goes to their culture. Um, and, and I know people are like, a CPA, a finance person is talking about culture. But we can, we can give tools, we can give all kinds of process and procedure and portals to provide that financial information. But unless it's part of the, the relationship between the franchisor and the franchisee that that number one, they believe from an integrity perspective, the franchisor is there to help the franchisee, help me as a franchisee be, be successful. If, if, if we can get that flow of information and, and decide on what's key. Sometimes franchisees, we, we talked about how great it is when they, they, they do everything and they get the CPA and they have financial statements um, and they understand those financial statements, but it, it, at a minimum, pick the four or five pieces of information from a franchisee that, that are critical to their success. Find a way to get that information from them 
not in a big, I think the franchisees think it's a big brother looking over their shoulder and looking to play gotcha. But if you build a culture where if you provide us this information, we're going to provide you analysis back and say, here's where you sit amongst your peers, whether it's by quadrant, whether it's by geography, something to give a data point back to the franchisee and say, we collected this information. Just like you said, Paul, we did something with it. And now we're giving you something back that you can take action, action upon or know that you're at the top of your peer group. Um, I think everyone's got a little competitiveness in them. And so when they see themselves at the top of their peer group, they know that they're, they're, it's a good indication they're, they're running their business fairly well. But if they're not, they're like, well, I want to be, I don't want to be number 10 on the list. I want to be number two on the list or one on the list. Um, so it's got to be a give and take relationship around the financial information. Um, and it, and it, it, at the end of the day, it really comes down to a trusted relationship between the franchisor and the franchisee. Yeah, it, it is. And that's, you know, uh, establishing and, and building upon, you know, the culture from, from day one. And I know a lot of times franchisees spend, send in their, their financials. And mm-hmm. maybe it's not even the big brother type of, of opinion or, or perspective. It's more that I send in the information and you don't even talk to me about it. You don't go over right. it with me. You don't review it. So why am I sending it in just for you to, uh, to have? And, and, of course, yep. that's, that's not good. I mean, obviously, we, we have to look at the, the metrics. I know a brand that I work with, uh, the Toasted Yolk Cafe, does an unbelievable job. They have you know, multiple corporate operations and a bunch of franchise operations, and everybody gets an app. And they're able to benchmark each other against corporate stores, one down the street, the store as a brand, in real time. I mean, every, every 15 oh, wow. minutes it updates, even that day. So they're able to look at things that day, talk about it that evening or the next morning, and implement change if it's necessary, as opposed to waiting till the end of the month for a, uh, uh, for P&L. So with today's technology, I mean, obviously mm-hmm. – you know, not handle it. There's only one reason people wouldn't do it, and it's because they don't want to spend the money on it. And I imagine many people that look at this financial side of, of, of franchising and business ownership look at it as an expense as opposed to an investment for the future. They look at it as an yeah. expense and, and say, well, I could afford this, this, and this. Up, oh, can't afford the accountant, so we'll push them off for a couple of more months. Right. They, and they do, and then it costs more in the end. So, and it, I think it just slows down the growth of the business and and reduces the opportunity for success. I think you're absolutely right, Paul. Absolutely. So we have we have another question. This one from from Ruth in Virginia Beach. Uh, again, it seems we're getting a lot of people from the snow belt this morning. Uh, Ruth <laughs> asks, you know, do I need to hire a CPA or can I hire an accountant? And at what point should I expand or expand to a, to a CPA? Uh, and I assume that, that we're talking about it from a franchisee perspective, because um, my answer would be uh, different she, probably from a franchisor. So why don't you, yeah, and, let, let, yeah, let's go back to the individual business owner, whether it be an independent business owner or a franchisee, not a franchisor. Yes, yes. And so, um, 
you, you know, it, it, it really depends on your growth plan. I mean, if, if you have a very slow growth plan and you're, uh, you're not looking to, to blow the, the top off of it, my guess is you could use an accountant um, if, if they have the right experience, if they, if they can get the book set up, they can give you, you know, timely information. And, and you're right, it's not just end of month. It's, it's as you're going along, daily information that you need to make decisions. Um, but I still think having a CPA in there, um, whether it's to help you initially set up your entity type, um, look at things from a tax perspective, um, definitely that's an area where a CPA, um, I would use a CPA from a tax perspective um, versus someone that just does tax preparation um, so that you're setting things up from the beginning properly. And then using the accountant for the day-to-day -day accounting, um, putting, putting records together, but using a CPA from an analysis perspective. So uh, at the end of the day, my, and it may sound self-serving and I don't mean it to be, but you know, having a CPA help you set things up in the beginning and then deciding based upon your business plan how often you need to, to access that CPA. Um, but at least once a year sitting down with a CPA to go through your strategy, your plan, what's happened, um, how can I, you know, address my tax situation. Um, so I, th I think it's, it's, it's just different purposes there. Yeah, one of the things that, that I find, and, and, and I recommend this to, you know, franchisees, independent business owners, franchisors alike, is, you know, get your CPA, get your attorney, um, we sit as, you know, franchise development partners with companies. We're involved in, and, and it doesn't mean you have to form a formal board, but just kind of this advisory group that you meet mm -hmm. with once a quarter. Because sometimes the, the information shared, uh, just like, just like the, the bookkeeper in the basement that just writes out the, bill, the checks at the end of the month, not knowing where they are operationally, uh, again, the attorney might recommend something or the CPA might recommend something based on these, you know, quarterly conversations. What do you think about that? Oh, my gosh, Paul, that is fantastic. Um, especially in advisory capacity, you don't, it, it doesn't cost you a lot. And a lot of times if you're working with, with a good partner, um, you know, the, there, there may be very, very minimal costs. It's just part of the service that you get. And I love when I can get around the table with the other service providers, the other um, advisors that are helping that client so that, so that we're all singing the same tune. Number one, we're singing the same tune. Um, and number two, sometimes I throw an idea out and the attorney's like, oh, no, you can't do that. And I'm like, oh, didn't know that. So then, then we <laughs> brainstorm together and come up with an even better answer because because we're all in there talking together with the, with the business owner. So I love that concept. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's even, even more so, you know, should be the case when maybe things aren't going quite as well as, uh, as the entrepreneur or the business owner would like them to go. And if he, gets it at a, he or she gets it at an early enough stage, I mean, it really could be a very valuable process and um, I, I think if you start doing that uh, to the business owners out there, if you start doing that, I think you'll, you'll find, you know, tremendous benefit uh, out of it. Uh, even as a, you know, just as a sounding board, just good yes. business practices from, from, from different perspectives, whether it be a consultant operationally, the CPA, the attorney, 
um, maybe even a real estate advisor if your business, mm-hmm. you know, has multiple locations. You know, and, and there's a lot there's a lot to it. And and maybe instead of the the show being titled today, when is it the right time to hire an accountant for your business? It really should have been when is the right time to hire the CPA uh, for your business. Sandy, do you have any, you know, final words of advice uh, for our listeners? You know, uh, I'm going to finish that other thought and then I'll, I'll answer that. The other thing it does is it is 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 the business is that advisory board provides a discipline. It provides the the business owner time to step back, and they have to provide information to that board, so it gets them into a good discipline of analyzing their business and stepping out of the day-to-day. So that's the other reason I think that's a good idea. Sure. At the the end of the day, Paul, what I would say is – you know, working with working with advisors that that help you grow your business and and realize your goals is part is a big part of what a CPA should be doing for you. Um, it's it's not just about providing uh, um, a tax return or compliance work. Or it's you're, you you want to find a CPA that will sit down and listen to you. Sit down and and hear about where you're going with your business. Sometimes uh, business owners don't have a lot of people that they, they can really talk to without worrying about what what are they going to do for the next. Uh, like a C, uh, if they have a employee inside the business, they can't have those conversations. This is an outside ear, and um, they they can sit and listen and really help you formulate where you want to take your business, and bring all those disciplines to play on it and. Um, I have to tell you, as a CPA, those are my most uh, fruitful days or, or feeling that I'm really making a difference for my clients. It's, it's not issuing an audit opinion, even though I do that, and we need to have that in the world, and, and, I, and that's, a, that's a service, and, and it provides a place. But it's when I get to sit one-on-one with a business owner and talk about what their plans are and what their struggles are, because um, I really feel like we have great networks to bring to bear to help them um, be successful. Absolutely. Sandy, I really appreciate your time today. Certainly, I believe we've just scratched the surface on accounting and financial planning's role in business ownership. We, we, I, I know a big topic we're going to need to talk about, you know, someday is going to be succession planning. Um, more and more yes. people bringing their, their children into the business. Um, I have you know, my own thoughts about that, you know, beyond financial and legal, which, of course, I refer to as visionary succession planning, and I dubbed that what would POP do. And uh, it's an interesting uh, thing that I've written about. But, you know, so many people don't plan it, and then so many people don't plan for the what-ifs. I mean, we don't like to, you know, think about the potential catastrophes. But, you know, having these financial systems in place are so valuable in those instances when somebody else has to unexpectedly said step in and know exactly, mm-hmm. as you said earlier, where the skeletons are, where the bodies are buried, where the problems might be, and know exactly what's going on. So with that in mind, I look forward to inviting you back for a future show. Paul, I really appreciate that. This is a lot of fun, and, and um, again, I hope it makes a difference out there to, to some of the listeners that uh, – they can uh, have a leg up. Yep. Just one more piece of the puzzle. There are many resources, uh, of course, available to business owners and for those exploring business and franchise ownership. Um, Magazines, uh, digital and print, such as Entrepreneur, Inc., 
Success Magazine are all great resources. I believe they're easy reads. From more focus on franchising, uh, you know how I feel from previous shows. I, I think Franchise Dictionary Magazine is doing a great job. The bottom line is be informed. Learn, learn, learn. There's no reason not to with such great resources right at your fingertips. We're proud we can help as another resource as you explore the wonderful worlds of franchising, small business, and, and of course, entrepreneurship. Remember, if you've missed any segment of franchising in you, all are available at blogtalkradio.com slash franchising in you. And coming soon, as a reminder, is the launch of our new podcast, Entrepreneurship in You. We'll be interviewing many of the country's successful entrepreneurs that have made a difference building businesses and brands as they share their experience, including their successes and, of course, failures. Our objective is for our listeners to realize there are many opportunities, even ones they may never have known existed, provided they know how to realize and explore possibilities, and that even the most famous of entrepreneurs are no different, no more special than the next person. So stay tuned for more details. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you for including franchising in you and your quest for business and franchise success. Dream it, wish it, do it. Have a great day.